0: panel backing boosters for more children as more schools close due to Omicron. CDC advisors voted a short time ago to recommend boosters for 12 to 15-year-olds as Omicron surges. U.S. COVID cases doubling in a week to nearly half a million a day. Chicago, the nation's third largest school district, shut down. Teachers refusing to enter the classroom. The CDC under fire for confusion over testing and isolation guidelines. What the agency's director said today, and Omicron now impacting music's biggest night, the Grammys. Also this evening, the deadly fire ripping through a Philadelphia row house at least 13 killed including seven children what officials said about the smoke detectors the double winter storm threat blizzard conditions in the midwest the east coast at risk after that highway nightmare al roker tracking it all the eve of the one year anniversary of the Capitol riot are exclusive inside the investigation the riders the fbi is still searching for the world's top tennis star turned away from australia his visa cancelled battle over his vaccination status and inside the super bowl of gadgets how the pandemic is ushering a new era of personalized tech this is nbc nightly news with lester holt reporting tonight from washington dc everyone. We're here ahead of tomorrow's solemn observances of the one-year anniversary of the attack on the Capitol. Tonight, we'll take you inside a still very active investigation. But we want to start with that other calamity that just won't leave us, COVID. Breaking tonight, the CDC panel recommending booster shots for kids 12 to 15. That's welcome news. At the same time, the CDC finds itself facing backlash over some of its other recommendations concerning how long those who have tested ...tested positive for COVID should isolate, and whether a negative test should be required to end that isolation. Some wondering whether some of the decisions at the agency are being driven by science or by the shortage of rapid test kits. Tom Costello is covering it all.
1: Breaking tonight, a CDC panel now recommending a single Pfizer booster shot for 12 to 15-year-olds five months after their second dose. It comes after the FDA approved the shot on Monday. Full CDC approval is imminent. Meanwhile, with new COVID cases up 98% in just one week, the Omicron surge has forced another major event, this time the Grammys, to postpone. The January 31st show now on indefinite hold. As hospitalizations are up 63%, deaths up 5% to 1,200 each day. Most of those patients never vaxed. Without a doubt, unequivocally, we are dealing with a highly, highly transmissible variant. That spreads rapidly. The good news, more research shows vaccines and boosters offer very strong protection. But the CDC is also under fire for offering confusing mixed messages on its own isolation guidance. Tracking back to December with Omicron raging, a national shortage of test kits led to hours-long waits at testing sites. Rising cases led to massive workforce shortages and airline cancellations. Businesses, including Delta Airlines on December 21st, called for shortening the recommended isolation period for the vaccinated who test positive. Six days later, the CDC did just that, cutting the isolation time from 10 to 5 days. CDC Director Walensky said she was worried people would not stay home.
2: People would feel well enough to be at work. They would not necessarily tolerate being home and that they may not comply with being home.
1: But Walensky did not recommend people first get a negative antigen test before leaving home. Today, she insisted the national shortage of test kits did not play a role in that decision.
2: This has nothing to do with the shortage of available tests, because um, you can see in our quarantine uh, guidance that we actually do recommend a
1: test for people to emerge from quarantine. But a former COVID advisory board member says the test kit shortage was a factor. That's really about availability of these rapid antigen tests, and they do remain in short supply across the country. Many sympathetic health professionals worry the CDC is confusing the public and undermining its own reputation i'm
2: very concerned about the cdc towing the line of whether or not we're basing our guidelines on supply whether we're basing our guidelines on economics or whether we're basing our guidelines on science because it always should be rooted in
0: science tom the american medical association just weighed in criticizing the cdc's recommendations The AMA says that the
1: recommendations are confusing, and the lack of a testing component, it says, could cause this to spread
0: even further. Hundreds of thousands of people returning to work while still infected, Lester. All right, Tom Costello, also here in Washington. All of this is causing severe disruptions in the nation's schools, a domino effect on teachers, students, and parents as Omicron spreads and testing falls short moments ago in Chicago, an announcement about schools tomorrow after they were closed today with little notice. Stephanie Gosk has late details.
2: Classes in Chicago canceled again tomorrow. The city and the teachers union unable to reach an agreement.
0: I will not allow
2: them to take our children hostage. Late last night, Chicago school doors abruptly slammed shut, upending the lives of hundreds of thousands of Chicago families.
1: We had all winter break to
3: have this planned out, and here we are. Kids are kind of caught in the middle, and parents like myself are really scrambling to get coverage.
2: Concerned about soaring COVID cases and limited testing, Chicago's teachers union voted to go
4: remote. I have a 90-year-old grandmother with underlying health conditions and issues, and so I would just appreciate being able to work in an environment where at least... The students are all PCR tested weekly.
2: But city officials called the union's decision a work stoppage and canceled school altogether. A clearly frustrated mayor speaking out.
4: We can't forget about how disruptive that remote process is to individual parents who have to work.
2: This first week of school after the holiday has seen a dramatic jump in school disruptions nationwide. More than 4,500. Back in October, there were 28, still small compared to a year ago, but Omicron is straining school systems to their limits. Rapid tests are hard to find. PCR results are delayed. If you do not have adequate testing, you cannot keep a school
4: open safely unless you accept the risks that potentially as high as half
2: of your students could be positive and not know they are. Most school age children can get the vaccine but just over half of 12 to 17 year olds are fully vaccinated. That drops to less than 16 percent for 5 to 11 year olds. Teachers and staff are out sick in record numbers. Over a thousand in Boston where today the superintendent jumped into action teaching a fourth grade class herself. Just excited to be here today to uh, represent all of the incredible all hands on deck approach that we're taking here. Unlike at the start of the pandemic, there is a much more concerted effort to keep children in classrooms. There are some people right now who believe keep the schools open at all costs. Is that really tenable? No, keeping the
4: schools open at all costs means that you are not acknowledging that all costs
2: involve lives. For school districts just holding it together, the outlook for January is bleak. Experts say case numbers will likely keep going up for weeks. Lester?
0: All right, Stephanie Goskin, New York, thanks. In Philadelphia tonight, a community is in mourning after a devastating house fire killed at least 13 people, including seven children. The mayor calling it one of the most tragic days in that city's history. Ron Allen is there. Cries for help awakened neighbors around 6.30 a.m. as fire erupted from the three-story row home converted into apartments in a neighborhood where a lot of families with children live. I passed by that house for years now and
1: seeing the faces, so it's just sad to you know, think what might have happened.
0: Authorities revised the death count late tonight, eight children and four adults.
1: Please
3: keep all these folks and especially these children in your prayers. It's losing so many kids is just devastating.
0: Investigators say smoke detectors that passed inspection last spring failed to work, that the building had just two first-floor exits and that 26 people appeared to be living in the building, officials say the fire apparently started in a second-floor kitchen and swept up the building's stairwell. There was nothing slowing that fire down from moving. That, that fire was moving. It's feeding on contents, it's feeding on oxygen, and it's feeding on fire. Throughout this community, shock and grief as investigators try to figure out how something so unspeakable could happen. Lester? Ron Allen, thank you. And just as folks here in the mid-Atlantic recover from this week's crippling winter storm, another one is on the way. Al Roker is tracking the snow and the cold. Al, what's ahead? Bitter wind chills tonight, Lester, from the plains all the way to Texas for 15 million people. Wind chills could be upwards of... 50 degrees below zero 78 million people under some sort of winter weather advisory coast to coast as this next storm races through the appalachians bringing snow from tennessee to pennsylvania then off the coast by friday but a slick morning commute on friday from bangor to boston down to charleston where they could see four to eight inches of snow two to four inches in new york city and the great lakes could be looking at lake effect snow up to a foot lester OK, Al, thank you. One year ago tomorrow, just behind me, the Capitol was a virtual war zone as rioters tried to disrupt the presidential vote count. The FBI is still trying to identify people who stormed the building, the largest investigation in its history. Pete Williams has an exclusive look at that effort. A year after the worst
3: attack on the U.S. Capitol since the British torched it 200 years ago, the FBI hasn't stopped working to identify rioters. This exclusive look shows agents and analysts still combing through tens of thousands of photos and videos. Investigators also use facial recognition software and cell phone records that allow them to plot the movement of individual people inside the Capitol, the largest use ever of that technique. The attacks happen all over the Capitol grounds. Stephen Dantuano, the man in charge of the FBI's Washington field office, says a priority now is identifying the riders who attack police. Like this man using a long probe to administer shocks. It's giving them an electrical jolt. Correct, yeah. So that must that must be painful. I would imagine it would be, yes. Yeah, it'd be like any taser. Or this video of a man beating a police officer with a long pole. That officer in particular right there just hit him in the head. Or this one, showing one of the rioters spraying a chemical at officers. He gets rid of it, throws the, um, the can in, grabs a riot shield, and starts beating the uh, officers. People have sent in hundreds of thousands of tips reacting to photos and videos like these posted on the FBI website. Tips have even come from rideshare drivers and waiters. We've had uh, restaurant workers um, uh, turn somebody in uh, because they've overheard them talking about about it. Federal criminal charges have now been filed against more than 700 people, and about one-fourth of them have pleaded guilty. But a big question remains unanswered. Was there actually a plan well in advance to storm the Capitol, or was it a case of seizing the moment? It does matter in terms of a record of history to get a sense of what this event was all about was it a perfect storm of uh, failure of security of extremists kind of all coalescing around the capitol or was this something greater members of the far-right proud boys and oath keepers have been charged with conspiracy but court documents say they were preparing for violence in the streets and the FBI has yet to figure out who planted two pipe bombs last January 5th at Republican and Democratic National Headquarters. No breakthrough so far, despite releasing surveillance video showing the suspected bomber that night on Capitol Hill. Why don't you know yet who placed these bombs the night before the riot? They're covered from head to toe. Right? They have a hoodie on, glasses, a mask, gloves. You know, fully, fully clothed. The FBI has even compiled this map showing the bombing suspect's movements that night. What do you see in the video of that person? What are they doing? Um, you know, the, the person's walking down this, uh, this road here. One bomb was placed just outside the Democratic office entrance. Pretty close to that corner? Yeah, pretty close to that area, right around there. Tonight, Attorney General Merrick Garland says the Justice Department is committed to holding everyone accountable at any level who was criminally responsible for the riot whether they were at the Capitol that
0: day or not. Lester? All right, Pete Williamson, I thank you. And in 60 seconds, our alarming look inside the movement that tried to overturn the election and growing concern about the midterms. more on our series State of Extremism. As the country prepares to mark one year since the Capitol riot, we're looking at the impact from the staggering numbers who still believe falsehoods about the election. Here's Hallie Jackson.
4: After rioters assaulted police, invaded the Speaker's office, and hunted the Vice President on January 6th, there was a sense maybe this violent shock would put an end to the lie that drove the insurrection, the lie that the election was stolen. Count me out.
5: Enough is enough.
4: But one year later, the opposite has happened, with the so-called Stop the Steel" movement growing even stronger inside the Republican Party. The election fraud of 2020 presidential election. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. The conspiracy theory promoted by former President Trump claims President Biden did not actually win the 2020 election. That's not true. Key swing states rechecked their vote totals. Georgia counted its ballots three times to be sure. A Republican-led audit in Arizona affirmed President Biden's win there, and courts rejected dozens of flimsy legal challenges put up by Mr. Trump's allies. And yet, nearly three-quarters of Republicans polled by NBC News now agree with what's known as the big lie. What are the biggest warning signs that are flashing to you right now? All of this is no longer about 2020. It's about the next election, uh, when the loser doesn't like the outcome of the results, uh, being able to more easily claim victory. Colorado's Democratic Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold, points out it's positions like hers, a state's top elections official, that keep the guardrails in place. But this year, about two-thirds of Republican candidates for that position in key swing states have questioned the results of the 2020 election. The next time uh, a candidate wants to reject the actual results of an election, it it will be easier for them to do so. That's what this is all about. Some of those Secretary of State candidates, backed by Mr. Trump, who's endorsed Mark Fincham in Arizona.
1: By removing the fraud, Donald Trump won.
4: Election denier Christina Caramo in Michigan. That makes us feel like they're complicit in stealing the election from the American people. And Jody Heiss in Georgia, a congressman who led an objection to his own state's results. We have lost election integrity in Georgia. We have lost election confidence in Georgia. And that Georgia race highlights what's at stake. Heiss, who declined our request for an interview, is challenging the current Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, the man who famously resisted Mr. Trump's
1: pressure to overturn Georgia's election results. I just want to find uh, 11,780 Votes.
4: Raffensperger's refusal protected the legitimate results in Georgia, but he's been out fundraised by Heiss. Is this the GOP that you want to be a part of here?
0: I think that we need to realize that we have honest and fair elections, particularly in Georgia.
4: Before November 2020, most Republicans polled by NBC News thought their vote would be fairly counted. Now, fewer than half do, showing why the Stop the Steal movement is so problematic. It shouldn't be controversial to say, if I cast my ballot for this person, then my ballot should be counted for that person. That should be the least controversial thing in American democracy, but somehow has become horrifyingly
0: partisan. The big
4: lie eroding confidence and our democracy. Hallie Jackson, NBC News, Washington.
0: We're back with more right after this. The world's number one tennis star has been denied entry to Australia over his COVID vaccination status. Novak Djokovic initially received a medical exemption to defend his title at the Australian Open, but after he arrived, his visa was canceled. Officials said he failed to provide proper evidence to meet the strict entry requirements. Djokovic is expected to appeal the decision. Also tonight, the world's biggest tech show kicked off today on a smaller scale due to the spread of Omicron. Here's Joe Linkett. The future
5: has landed at CES, and it wants to lend you a hand. From futuristic robots that wait on you, to an avatar named Sebastian.
1: When you need me, I'll show up on a
4: nearby screen.
5: Carrying out tasks in the metaverse. The pandemic ushering in a new generation of personalized tech to help transport us into a virtual world, like a smart contact lens, putting you into augmented reality, a battery free thermometer that charges with a few shakes, and a smart faucet that warms up with simply a wave of the hand. After years of testing the coolest tech in person, I went to CES this time a little differently. It feels like I'm in Las Vegas at CES in person, but surprise, I'm actually here in Los Angeles, nearly 300 miles away. I'm being beamed into Las Vegas with portal technology. It's 3D holograms that get me there. The idea is to offer more human interaction when a FaceTime or a Zoom just doesn't cut it. What more do we really get out of this?
1: When you beam somewhere, uh, you no
3: longer have to uh, book your flight. You don't have to book your hotel. You don't have to worry about
0: uh, coronavirus.
5: An ideal future that for some is already here. Jolene Kent, NBC News, Los Angeles.
0: We're back with more right after this. Finally tonight, beyond those scenes of misery we saw on that Virginia highway this week, an act of kindness inspiring America. Here's Kevin Tibbles.
3: Talk about rising to the occasion.
4: After so many hours of the on the road, you don't even know where you are at that point.
3: Newlyweds Casey Hoolahan and Jong Nui were headed to visit family when they, along with thousands of others, were trapped in traffic all night on the now infamous IC I ninety five near Washington DC. John, were you getting a little hungry? We figured
1: it'd probably been thirty seven hours since we'd eaten last.
4: We would gotten reports all day that people around us were starving, that they had little kids that hadn't eaten, pets that hadn't
1: eaten. That's
3: when they spotted a truck just up ahead, a Schmidt's bread truck. Casey dialed the company. Within minutes, she received a call back. My first thought is, I can imagine if I, myself or my family was in that same situation, what would I do if I asked a company to open the doors? The doors opened and people came together, distributing some 600 loaves of bread
0: along two miles of interstate. We personally uh, got a loaf of potato rolls, which were amazing at the time.
1: Couldn't, couldn't have asked for anything better.
3: You've and never that,
1: had a better potato roll in your life?
0: Not, not, not at all. The whole, the whole package, the entire package of potato rolls. <laughs> Their daily bread, just in the nick of time. Kevin Tibbles, NBC News. What a great story. That's Nightly News. A reminder, please tune in to our special coverage tomorrow, the anniversary of the Capitol attack. I'll have my broadcast exclusive with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi right here on Nightly News. Thank you for watching, everyone. I'm Lester Holt. Please take care of yourself and each other. And Good night from Washington.